thanks for coming back for part two of cold water the keto weight loss if you haven't listened to part one we encourage you to check that episode out first this one will make a lot more sense after that a few reminders from last time to get you back in the groove there is nothing on the surface of the earth that will remove calories from your body or burn fat at the rate that getting in cold water will. Most of us aren't six foot four and eight percent body fat. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, we talked about Ozempic recently. Is he basically saying nature's Ozempic is a cold bath? Don't anybody rush off and jump in a cold lake. <laughs> Tess has figured out science. There's nothing else to talk about. Not thousands of calories, but it could be, it could be as much as a couple of hundred. When we finished up last time, I told you about some pretty lightweight stuff I'd found. People's blogs, NBC News, Michael Phelps' autobiography. It's time now for me to dive a little bit deeper, see if I can get a bit more into the science. I started by seeing what Google would give me if I typed in cold water and benefits. So I didn't get the swimming I was expecting, but I did find some research on calorie burn and drinking cold water. Scientists have measured what happens to your rate of calorie burn if you drink 500 mils, that's half a litre, tall glass of ice cold water. I think you've already suggested it, but what do you think they might have found? That that's quite unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, it's not something I would choose to do. Yeah, I mean, I would assume that they found that it was good for you. In what sense? Made you burn more calories? They did find that. But just before anybody gets super excited, they found that drinking 500 millilitres of ice-cold water caused the people who were doing it to burn about an extra, don't bother with the drum roll, 10 calories. 10 calories per hour. Yeah, so let's say that person would have burnt 2,000 calories normally on a day like that. If they'd drunk 500 millilitres of ice cold water, they'd have burnt 2,010 calories. And what about if they drink that ice cold water constantly throughout the day? Is it 10 calories each time or is it like you get one for the day? You would get 10 calories each time, but you'd have to drink 500 millilitres to get 10 calories benefit. What actually has to happen is our body doesn't like having really cold things enter into our bloodstream so our body uses energy to heat up that ice cold water and then absorbs it across the wall of your intestines into your bloodstream if you drank four lots of 500 milliliters of ice cold water yep that's four times water would have to be heated up and you'd get an extra 10 calories for each glass but you know now we're getting into drinking a lot of water there is something called water intoxication that can occur if we drink too much water that can actually have serious health consequences so we would never ever want to suggest that people could lose weight by drinking liters upon liters of ice cold water i want to be really clear about that yes because i remember hearing about there was some competition who could drink the most water and so a woman died a wee <clears throat> for your wee if you remember it we that she's talking about the gaming console. I am talking about the gaming console and we I'm talking about pee or urine. And that was all about how much people could drink and how much water they could drink. And as you said, somebody died. So we want to be very, very clear about that. Yes, there's an effect, but it's such a small effect. It's not anything that we could really use if we were concerned about losing weight. Okay, so drinking ice cold water is out as like a reliable long-term weight loss method. Yes. What else did you find? Well, I decided that my search, I mentioned it because I wanted to show the listeners that we can all take wrong turns. So my search, benefits plus cold water, that was really 
or let it yield and that wasn't particularly useful so I refined my search and put in the word swimming as well so now in my google search I've got swimming benefits cold water and now now I get to lots of stuff which talks about how miraculous people feel when they swim in cold water. Lots of discussion about mental health benefits, potential reductions in blood pressure, some discussion of people with diabetes being able to better manage their blood glucose, their blood sugar levels. Lots of hints, I would say. Lots of hints that there is a potential for this. But all the science was either right at the beginning of its journey or it was just a small group of for instance very healthy young men nothing that you could really hang your hat on and say okay if you go and swim for 20 minutes in very cold water every day for three months you will lose this amount of weight or your blood pressure will decrease this much hints of these things but case not proven yet okay while the drinking lots of cold water could harm you swimming in cold water probably won't harm you might even help you but we can't categorically prove that yet well remember when i said about don't rush off and jump in a cold lake oh no yes one of my other searches then was to think well if we're saying that this really might be beneficial well let's just check what the downside might be and i know i sound like a glass half empty person now but before we launch into something that might be beneficial we better make sure it's definitely not negative so i think it's really important to say at this point people have died swimming in cold water or trying to swim in cold water there is evidence to show that cold water can kill people people who've got underlying cardiac conditions or even healthy young people if they get into very cold water one of the things that can happen then is that people have an what's called an involuntary gasp meaning that you gasp without being able to control it take down lots and lots of very cold water into the lungs and that ends up in a very disastrous situation lots of physiological twists and turns but it can end up killing you is that likely that's a good question if you have got underlying cardiac conditions so you've got high blood pressure you've got some kind of issue going on with your heart you absolutely but absolutely should talk to your doctor about whether this is for you if it is very hot outside and you jump into a lake or something like say a quarry which has been filled with water because those tend to be very deep when the water temperature is very cold versus outside air temperature which is very hot that can be a recipe for disaster so that is definitely something to avoid as well going from a very hot external environment into very very cold water and i think the most important thing that you can do to help yourself here is don't do this on your own go with friends so that if you've had your health checks everything seems great but unfortunately you do have a negative response you've got people there to help you you might want to think about working yourself into the cold water swimming so that you do a minute the first day, you know, two minutes the next day. I would do it in a well-organized way, working with people who knew what they were doing, who've been doing this for a while. So instead of diving right in, you might just dip your toe to begin with. Exactly. You might just dip your toe and then the next day you dip your foot and then the next day and so on. Did you spot my fun pans there? Clearly my mum did not. You get the general idea. So far, just do our running scoreboard. 
We've got no points awarded to drinking cold water. We could say maybe half a point awarded to cold water swimming with those checks in place. Of course, I don't know what your um, rating scale is. Is that half a point out of ten points? um, It's just a general TESNY point of recognition. (laughs) There's no real system in place. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, I don't like being cold. I am a complete wimp when it comes to going in the cold sea. I have to say, having read all about this stuff, I've changed my mind. I definitely want to try some cold water swimming. But... There are maybe a couple of other things you could try if you really don't fancy jumping in the super cold water. When I was doing my searching, I went for the most scientific search that I could think of. I put in cold exposure and BMR. Oh, do you want to remind us what BMR stands for? Thank you so much. Yes, basal metabolic rate. Yay! So the basic rate at which you burn calories. The scientists were doing things like putting people in cool environments, turning down the central heating and making people exist in cold environments of somewhere between about 50 and 60 degrees for eight hours in a day. Mm -hmm. Some of those people were losing weight. What's tricky is it seems to be linked to whether you have much brown fat or not. And that's actually something that our health geek mentioned. There is no amount of hits cardio, there's no amount of intense exercise, weight training, nothing even comes remotely close to the amount of fatty acid metabolism, brown fat activation that you can get from getting in cold water. Most of the fat that we have on our bodies is white fat. The fat that we don't like, the fat on our belly or wherever we have it in particular that we're not very keen on. We have pounds upon pounds of that stuff. Even though it's technically yellow, right? Ah, it is technically yellow, but we call it white fat. Okay, I'd like to speak to whoever came up with this naming system. Up behind our neck, we have what's called brown fat. And brown fat isn't the fat that you put on the body if you've mismatched your calorie intake with your energy output. Brown fat is a type of fatty tissue. It's a collection of cells. And really what it does is it torches calories. It burns calories at a heck of a rate. Okay. But most of us don't have very much of this. So it's not even really burning the fat that people want to burn? Is that what you're saying? Well, for most of us, we'll have maybe a few grams. So Uh. less than an ounce. What the scientists found was when they put these people in these really cold environments for eight hours a day, they also put these people into various sort of complex body scanners and they looked at the amount of brown fat that they have. And what they found was, yeah, everybody in actual fact lost some weight. Everybody increased their basal metabolic calorie burn-up rate. But the ones who really experienced a significant effect were those ones who it turned out had a more significant amount of that brown fat. And that amount of brown fat appears to be mainly genetically related. And most of us can't find out whether we have that brown fat. We're not going to go to a body scanner and find it out. So we can try this eight hours a day cold air, but we might not necessarily get as much benefit as our friend who does the cold air for only four hours a day if they happen to have more of this useful calorie burning brown fat. Okay, so not necessarily harmful, not necessarily helpful, would we say for this one? Yeah, well, I'd say it's definitely not harmful, other than I don't know if I want to sit in my house at 50 to 60 degrees for eight hours a day. I will say that there was some evidence that showed that as people spent time in colder environments, they actually got used to being in colder environments. Imagine that they didn't burn up very many extra calories, but their heating bills went down. They then didn't need to run their central heating at quite such, uh, quite such a temperature, which actually is great for them and it's great for the planet. 
Okay, so not the benefit we expected, but the benefit we'll take. Uh, yeah, exactly. And as we said, if there's a potential benefit and there's no downside, that's something I, I don't mind trying. Yeah. Is that why people do cryotherapy? Ah, now then. Uh-oh. Cry- is that another episode? <laughs> do you know, that is another episode because ice is really interesting. Really low temperatures, you know, ice baths, cryotherapy. The scientists who came up with rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation, they've now changed their mind. <gasps> oh, yeah. no. We are starting to come away from, you must ice and get rid of inflammation because inflammation is actually a useful response that the body puts in place to try and help you recover. We may be doing the wrong thing by trying to block that. But shall we leave that little teaser out there for a future episode? Yeah, I think that's a good one because that sounds like there's a lot to dig into there. I think so. So to just tie back to the beginning where Gary talked about waters 29 times... The science says 25 times, but 25 times more thermogenic than air. We mentioned that you get a lot colder in cold water than you do in cold air. If I was going to try this, I don't want to sit in a cold room for eight hours. Well, I might be tempted to try a five-minute cold shower every day, and believe me, I would have to work up to that. I'd have to start with 10 seconds. But working on the basis that you're going to get a lot colder in a lot shorter period of time, a five-minute cold shower every day, that could be worth trying. All right, you heard it here first. Can we just say, I'm going to put in one more proviso. (laughs) (laughs) You should never go from being really hot right into a very, very cold shower. I remember there was a case when one summer in Britain, when, yes, we were actually having a very hot summer, there was a gardener, I think it was, who'd been working outside really, really hot, and he jumped straight into a freezing cold shower, had a heart attack and died. And that's really what happens. Same as with the cold water swimming. People who perhaps don't realise they have a cardiovascular issue can have this extreme change in body temperature from hot to very cold, and their heart and blood vessels can have a very negative response to that. Wow. And is that the same for the reverse? Like, for example, I could imagine being like, okay, I'll do 30 seconds of a cold shower and then making it very... I like my showers very warm. Is it the same that you shouldn't go from one extreme to the other in either direction? I don't know about that, but my... So I'll be completely honest there. My thought would be that you couldn't actually make it hot enough for it to be a problem because your skin would be saying, this is too hot, before you actually got to a temperature that was too hot. Does that Uh, make sense? Yes, I see. To sum up then, drinking cold water, don't bother. I agree. Cold water swimming, I'm thinking, yes, possibly, definitely get advice from your doctor and go with a group. Okay, and cold showers, again, maybe, maybe, but definitely not when super hot. As in coming in from outside, for instance, when you are super hot and then going to a cold shower, definitely a no-no. And then the last one that we sort of suggested was turning down your thermostat to about 60 degrees for lots of hours every day. Probably the least risky, and if nothing else, it's going to reduce your heating bills. All for that. We are. We do always love audience interaction, and a lot of people have asked about cold water, cold showers, cold baths, all that stuff. We do like covering your requests, so absolutely, if you have any other topics, questions, feedback, thoughts, you can send them in through our website, or just leave a comment on Instagram, any number of ways. Brilliant. I'm going to disappear off now. I actually did work out before this call, haven't had time to have a shower, so maybe this might be the day when I do 30 seconds of that first cold shower. Oh, you're going to go from Kate Phillips to Kate Phelps in no time. Brilliant. All right, sweetie, speak to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye.
Thanks for tuning in. And as a reminder, our conversation here aims to pass along some interesting science and help you develop your sciencey thinking muscles. Neither of us are medical doctors or any type of healthcare professional. So we're absolutely not providing medical advice. You should see your medically qualified professional for that. And whilst all content provided is given in good faith, based on the scientific knowledge base available at the time of recording, if we misspeak or further research changes our understanding or that of the scientific community, we'll try our best to make any necessary corrections, either in a future episode or in our show notes. See See you next time. time!